Something to note, Journey to the West is a legend that has been retold many times. For direct quotes, we relied on Anthony C. Yu's 1983 translation. Our story may be different from the ones you're familiar with, but we hope you enjoy it. And be warned, today's episode contains dramatizations of graphic violence and some sexual references. Please exercise caution for listeners under 13. Five hundred years have passed since the battle at Aulai. Our force was unlike any the mortal plane had ever seen. Seventy-two kings and their armies united to challenge the Jade Emperor's rule. We had united under the command of Song Wukong, who we called the Great Sage equal to heaven. Ha! Equal to heaven indeed! What was supposed to be a glorious battle turned into a staggering defeat! I was at the vanguard, fighting as an armored bull. But no matter how many of the Jade Emperor's forces I cut down, it was never enough. I was captured, along with every other king who swore an oath to Song Wukong. Ever since then, I have been a king in exile, ruler of a barren stretch of mountains far from the gaze of heaven. I, who commanded legions. I, who once was one of the greatest... My king, are you still awake? Come back to bed. Um, in a minute, my dear. I'm plotting my revenge. You say that every night. The havoc in heaven was centuries ago. We have a son to look after, a new kingdom. Why dwell in the past? Because I hear that Sun Wukong is free of the Buddha's prison, and he's now calling himself a monk of all things. Perhaps he's reformed? Go back to bed, woman. No. I've heard your rants, seen you staring off into the distance. I want you to choose now. Your family or your vengeance. Because you can't have both. Very well. Vengeance it is. Men and their obsessions with revenge. It's like a raging fire burning everything it touches. I hope my husband finds Sun Wukong, and when he does, I hope the Monkey King beats some sense into my husband. If he won't, I surely will. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. This week, we're returning to the Chinese epic, Journey to the West, to tell another action-packed story about the Monkey King and his journey towards enlightenment. While previous episodes have focused on Sun Wukong working with his team, today he's on his own, tasked with finding a way through an impassable mountain range and the demons who rule over it. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Coming up, an impassable barrier requires a unique solution. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. The Chinese novel Shioji, or Journey to the West, is an epic story of magic, mayhem, and spiritual growth. It's about a monk's quest for knowledge and how his disciples go from being dangerous warriors to devout believers. However, more often than not, the individual chapters in this ancient text revolve around the minor inconveniences that get in the way of the team's goals. Like any travelers making a dangerous journey, Tripitaka, Sun Wukong, Chu Bachi, and Sha Wujin often find their path blocked by demons or the land itself. This week, they're blocked by both. Sun Wukong is left on his own having to face an impassable mountain range and the old enemy who rules it. Sun Wukong flew through the air, fur whipping in the wind. Below him, a winding path snaked through the mountains. He followed it intently, praying that they would reach woodland soon. Mere hours ago, their path had reached a dead end at a sheer cliff. Doubling back would risk running straight into the jaws of demons, who thought eating Tripitaka would grant them immortality. So they had sent Sun Wukong to find a way out of this perilous mountain range as soon as possible. To distract his racing heart, Sun Wukong tried to recall a particular proverb Tripitaka wanted him to memorize. Seed natures are basically the same. The sea accepts without end. Well, that can't be right. It doesn't even rhyme. Um, 10,000 thoughts are folly? That was in there somewhere. Ugh, by the Buddha, it's hot up here. With each passing moment, the air seemed to be getting hotter until it was quite literally on fire. Ow, ooh, ow, ow, ouch. What in the name of King Yama is this? The cloud below Sun Wukong evaporated and he scrambled in midair, trying to pull together enough shreds of moisture to keep himself afloat. Below him, the mountain range was a blazing inferno, stretching as far as the eye could see. He retreated as fast as he could until he found a small cliff that wasn't agonizing to stand on. There, he dismounted his cloud and sat, staring at the burning horizon. Blast! How are we gonna get through this? Sun Wukong stood for a long moment, thinking. There was no way they could double back, and he had seen no other path. Besides, admitting failure in the presence of Chu Ba Chi would be unacceptable. Just then, his eyes alighted on a small camp at the base of the mountains. There, an old man sat, idly stirring a small pot. 
In three leaps, Sun Wukong landed by the road before the camp. The hermit didn't even react to the monkey's sudden appearance. Hey, you! Do you know how to get through this inferno? What inferno? The mountain range! The one right over there! Oh, that inferno! <laughs> Forgive my confusion. After all, these are strange mountains, monkey. Full of demons and shapeshifters. Can we go around the fire? We have a sacred quest to fetch these scriptures, see? I'm afraid not. Where there are scriptures, there's fire. Where there's no fire, there are no scriptures. Although I've heard it said that if a journey west you do desire, to a mortal iron fan you must inquire. Immortal iron fan? That sounds like something you made up. Not at all. They are well known in these parts. The people of the nearby valleys make offerings and sacrifices to ensure that the flames are beaten back during harvest season. So you're saying this iron fan takes bribes from their subjects? Sounds like quite a villain. Where can I find him? Travel to the Jade Cloud Mountain and say you need to borrow the palm leaf fan. One swing of this fan creates a breeze that will stifle the flames and allow you to pass. That sounds too good to be true. What's the catch? Oh, just that immortal iron fan has a terrible temper. If you're polite, I'm sure you'll be fine. I don't have time for games. I swear, if you're misleading me, I'll... Let me guess. Throw me into the flames head first? No! I promised my master I would only kill demons from now on. But you'll be sorry. Sun Wukong gathered a cloud and flew south in search of this immortal iron fan. Finding Jade Cloud Mountain was no great difficulty. It was a verdant peak not far from the raging inferno. Sun Wukong alighted on the grass and approached a cave near the peak. Curiously ornate doors barred the entrance. Not wasting time, he pounded upon the doors. They opened and a young woman peeked out. Greetings, traveler. What brings you to the palm leaf cave? Hello there. Would you kindly fetch your master? Tell him that a disciple of Tripitaka, a monk sent by Emperor Taitsong himself, would like to speak with him. Right away. The servant girl hurried off. A moment later, the doorway was filled by an imposing woman. At her waist were a pair of ancient swords wrapped in a belt of tiger skin. Her pale gray eyes stared down at Sun Wukong with a steely intensity. Can I help you? I don't think so. I'm here to see Lord Iron Fan. See, I have a bit of a problem. There is no Lord Iron Fan. You're speaking to Rakshasi, Princess Iron Fan. Oh, a thousand apologies, my lady. I assumed you were a man. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is- Shut up. No, that's not it. A common guess, though. I know who you are. You were once known as the great sage equal to heaven, the Monkey King. Now, they call you Pilgrim. Do they? Well, I'm flattered to know that people still talk about me at all. I want you to leave my sight. Now. 
Hold up a minute. I was here to ask for a favor. There's this wall of fire, see? I was hoping I might borrow your fan for a quick minute to extinguish it. You don't understand. You wronged my husband, and in doing so, ruined my marriage. He grew so obsessed with revenge that he left me alone in this cave. All because of your betrayal. That doesn't sound like me. I'm sure you're mistaking me for another great sage equal to heaven. Wow, okay, we're drawing swords now. Do you not remember the 72 kings who fought beside you at Aulai? The men who swore to be your blood brothers? I, well, in my defense, 72 is a lot of names to remember. Hiya! Rakshasi surged forward, drawing her two swords in a flash. Her first strike hit Sun Wukong squarely on the head, sending him tumbling backward. Head throbbing, he righted himself and struck back with his own staff. Ha! I've beaten far worse foes than you, demon woman! Empty words from a fallen king. Princess Iron Fan was immensely skilled. Sun Wukong could not deny that. She swung her swords with such speed that he could barely find an opening to counterattack. Your swordsmanship is impressive. Ah, but the problem with swords is that they always stay the same size. Sun Wukong twisted his staff in midair. It grew twice as long, piercing right through Rakshasi's guard and striking her between the eyes. The princess stumbled back first into her own gates, knocking them open and sprawling onto the floor. In three quick strides, Sun Wukong was looming over her, staff raised over his head. Yield! Give me the fan, and I will leave peacefully. You want my fan? Here, take it. Rakshasi leaned into her belt and produced a tiny fan, which grew in size until it was larger than Sun Wukong himself. With a mighty swing, she brought it down. The blast of air lifted Sun Wukong off his feet and sent him hurtling away. Out of the cave, away from the mountains, moving so fast that he lost sight of landmarks altogether. Everything was a blur of colors, sounds, and sensations. He tried to grab a hold of a tree as he hurtled past it, but only felt his shoulder dislocate from the force. With his good arm, he reached out and began to grab scraps of cloud from the air around him, gathering them like a cocoon for his rapidly speeding body. Soon he could see nothing but white and gray, densely packed around him. He gritted his teeth, bracing himself for when the ball of clouds struck a cliff. The force of the impact knocked the wind from Sun Wukong's lungs, and he fell, remaining clouds clinging to his fur all the way to the earth. <sighs> Sun Wukong lay there, disoriented in the midday sun. A shadow shaped like an old man fell over him. Now, what did I tell you about annoying Princess Iron Fan? 
Uh, you did not say she was a princess. Would it have made a difference? I'd hate to think Sung Wukong would have been more courteous to a man. No, I just... The woman has a vendetta against me. She attacked me before I even had a chance to explain myself. <sighs> I was worried that might happen. You knew? Not really. But you do have a pattern of making enemies, Sung Wukong. The Monkey King squinted at the old man. Who are you? We haven't been formally introduced, but we have, well, interacted in the past. My name is Ling Ji. Bodhisattva Ling Ji? The same. I'm afraid I'm no Guan Yin, but I'm happy to help where I can. If you want to help, then help! Chipitaka is in danger. If I spend any more time dawdling about with fans and vendettas, he'll wind up as Monster Chow. Where am I anyway? How far away did I get blown? Not that far. Count yourself lucky. That palm leaf fan is made of supreme yin, a great treasure of heaven. One swing could send a normal person flying to the next kingdom. I can't beat her with that kind of power. Maybe not. But maybe you don't have to beat her. Ugh, do all bodhisattvas speak in riddles? I haven't noticed. Can you help me or can't you? Let me see. The old man opened his cloak, revealing rows and rows of pockets, each of which contained a small bottle. He picked through them carefully. Aha! Here's one. Wind arresting elixir. Tatagata gave me this many centuries ago. It should keep you from blowing away next time. Thanks, Ling. I should run. One thing, monkey. You must remember that to survive a great wind, you must listen to the crickets. Don't have time to waste with crickets, but thanks for the tip. Sun Wukong was already leaving when Ling Ji gave his advice. Every second counted. He knew Chu Bachi and Sha Wu Jin would defend Tripitaka from attackers, but for how long? Raksha Si thought she had the better of him. It was time he proved her wrong. Halfway back to the Jade Mountain, Monkey laughed because he remembered the final part of the poem Tripitaka asked him to memorize. Ha <laughs> ha! Bright and brilliant, all aglow. Aside the dragon, You'll come and go. Coming up, Monkey and Princess Iron Fan have a rematch. Hi, I'm Christine Schiefer. And I'm M. Schultz. We're the hosts of Rituals, the new Spotify original from Parcast. If you've heard our podcast and that's what we drink, you know we are no strangers to true crime and the paranormal. We're also into the occult uh, to chat about, not to join, but, you know, to, to learn and educate. <laughs> Every Monday on Rituals, we're journeying through mystifying stories of sorcery, alchemy, Satanism, and more, and trying to determine if the dark arts of the past impact us today. Like weather witches, who were they? Or the Fountain of Youth? Address, please. <laughs> Don't forget about werewolf trials, Em. Objection, Christine. Let's not give too much away. And instead, let's tell everyone to follow our new podcast, Rituals, free and only on Spotify. Now back to the story. 
Sun Wukong, the Monkey King, zipped through the air on the back of a cloud. He was positively itching for a fight. Raksha Si, also known as Princess Iron Fan, possessed the one item he needed to get past the inferno, barring his way through the mountains. So intent was he on his new goal that he didn't even notice the strange, formless shape watching him from a nearby mountaintop. He reached the palm leaf cave and kicked repeatedly at the door. Hello! <clears throat> Princess Iron Fan! I'm back! The door opened slowly. There stood Rakshasi, looking utterly furious. How did you return so fast? Be gone! She waved her fan, buffeting Sun Wukong with intense winds. Air pulled at his cheeks, dirt stung his eyes, but his feet remained firmly planted on the ground. The Bodhisattva's elixir had worked. Not so fast! Your fan isn't blowing me away this time! What trickery is this? Rakshasi's eyes narrowed. Sun Wukong hefted his staff. Without her fan, he would win in a straight fight. He was sure of it. Then she did the unexpected. She shut the doors in his face. Hey! That's no fair! Sun Wukong beat against the door, but no matter how many times he called, it would not open. Not a patient creature, he began pacing back and forth, scratching his head. How do I get myself admitted into this woman's home? I could disguise myself as her maid. No, the maid's inside there with her. She'd know it's a trick. It was then that Ling Ji's words came back to him. To survive a great wind, you must listen to the crickets. Listen to the crickets? Well, this probably isn't what you meant, but it's worth a shot. Sun Wukong shook himself and transformed into a tiny mole cricket. He slipped through a crack in the door and scuttled into the main chamber of Rakshasi's cave. He hoped to just grab the fan and run, but he didn't see it lying anywhere. All he saw was Princess Iron Fan and her maid. Don't you worry the great sage will find a way to break the door down? Don't call him that. If there's one thing my husband was right about, it's that Sun Wukong does not deserve such an honor. Should we maybe warn your husband of his return? Of course not. Oh, I think this can work to our advantage. We will capture this meddling monkey, and when my husband hears of this, he will come groveling back to me. An inspired solution, my lady. Fetch me some tea. Today's fighting has left me thirsty. In cricket form, Sun Wukong chirped in delight. He could now see the perfect way to force her to give him the fan. He waited patiently, and when the handmaiden brought forth the tea, he jumped into the cup. Ah, that hit the spot. Now, listen carefully. Yes, ma'am? 
The monkey is an impatient creature. Keep watch through the keyhole, and when he tires himself out, we will... We will what? I'm sorry, my lady. I I didn't catch that. There's something... Oh, my stomach. Hello, my dear princess. Sorry I did not announce myself, but your hospitality really seems to be lacking. Ah, Wukong, where are you? I am inside you, my lady. Hi-ya! Ah! You were in my tea? I'm so sorry, madam. I should have seen her. Shut up. You cannot stay there forever, monkey. Ah! Why don't you come out and we can talk things through like reasonable... Ah! I think we're past reasonable negotiation, princess. I need you to fetch me the fan. When I see it is in the room with you, I will leave your body. How will you... see? You'll have to open your mouth. I'll look up your throat. Raksha Si did as Sun Wukong instructed. She had her maid fetch the fan, and when he was satisfied, he crawled out of her throat and transformed back into his monkey form. Sorry about that. I could have come out the other end, you know. Get out of here. Right you are. Just one last thing. What? I'm still not sure how I wronged your husband, but if my actions cause trouble for your marriage, I am genuinely sorry. If it helps, perhaps you will have more in common now that you both hate me. Get out! All right, all right. Um, do you want more tea? No, tea. Oh, how I wish one of the other demons of this valley would kill that monkey before he comes back. What do you mean, before he comes back? Rakshasi did not answer. She only gave a pained, satisfied grin. Meanwhile, Sun Wukong was heading back to the burning mountain range as fast as the clouds would take him. He knew he was close when his cloud began to dissipate and his fur grew slick with sweat. This took way too long. All right, fiery mountain, take this! Sun Wukong leapt into the air and swung the fan towards the raging flames. Nothing happened. What? Is this thing broken? He swung it again and again and again. When that didn't work, he floated as close to the inferno as he dared and spun like a dervish. The flames only grew in size with each new gust of wind until finally the fan caught fire. Sun Wukong threw the fan on the ground and stamped on it furiously to extinguish the fire. But he was too late. The famous palm leaf fan was now just a charred stalk. Oh, oh no. Sun Wukong sat there for a very long time, wondering what he could do now that his only hope of extinguishing the mountain was gone. He grew lightheaded from the heat of the fire and thought he heard someone speaking to him in his own voice. Your friends will die because of you. 
You failed the only people who ever believed there was good in you. Shut up, hallucination. There has to be another way. Poor Sun Wukong. You talk a big game, but when you always rely on other people to fix your messes? Guan Yin, Ling Ji. I'm not listening to you. Go bother someone else. You were a failure as king. Now you're a failure of a monk as well. You might as well go back under the mountain for another 500 years. With this unnerving voice in his ears and the intense heat all around him, Sun Wukong fell over, watching the sky spin above him. He was so tired, so very tired. Sun Wukong, are you all right? Come on, let's get you out of here. A pair of hands grabbed Sun Wukong by the shoulders and dragged him inch by inch down the mountainside. As the horrible heat eased, his rescuer poured drops of water onto him, which sizzled as they touched his fur. You must have been up there a long time. Ling Ji? The very same. I'm glad I found you. I don't know if you've ever seen a slow-cooked immortal, but it's not pretty. When I have my strength back, I'm gonna pummel you. Stop talking foolishness and drink. You said the palm leaf fan would diminish the flames. It only made them grow stronger. Then the blasted thing went up like a firecracker. I see. I think you may have been duped, Wukong. Rakshasi probably gave you a fake fan knowing it would not work. Oh, that little. I'm gonna go back to her and show her she can't trick me so easily. Hold up there, Wukong. What would you do this time that's any different from your previous efforts? I... I don't know. I doubt she'd willingly swallow me again. I have no idea what you're talking about and I don't want to know. Wait, I think I have it. While I was listening to her, she mentioned her husband had abandoned her. If I could disguise myself as him, she'd welcome me with open arms. I... That's a profoundly cruel plan, Wukong. This woman's vendetta is getting in the way of my quest. She thinks I've played every card I have. I'm not a failure, no matter what the voice in my head thinks. The voice in your head? Wukong, you're not making any sense. Now you know how I feel about your riddles. Can you tell me where the Bull Demon King lives? I need to get a quick look at the guy. Back at the Palm Leaf Cave, Rakshasi was pouring herself a generous helping of wine. The fight with Sun Wukong had left her exhausted and sore, both inside and out. She had won, but tricking Sun Wukong hadn't been as satisfying as she'd hoped. She'd done far worse to enemies in the past, and it just wasn't the same without the Bull Demon King to share the violence with. She took another drink just as her maid politely rapped on her door. My lady, there's someone here to see you. Who is it? Tell them to go away. But ma'am, it's your husband. The Bull Demon King has returned. 
Coming up, Sun Wukong's trick has unexpected consequences. Now back to the story. Raksha Si, Princess Iron Fan, hurried to make herself presentable. Her long-absent husband, the Bull Demon King, had returned to her. She put on her most beautiful robe, making sure that its neckline was lower than usual. She wasn't going to lose him again. When she opened the door, there he was, as strong and fierce as ever. My husband, welcome home. Where is that monkey Wukong? I hear he paid you a visit. Ugh, let's not talk about Wukong. He was here trying to get my palm leaf fan, but don't you worry, I tricked him into accepting a fake. Ha ha ha, my clever, clever wife. I wish I could have seen that monkey burn. Truly, he was more handsome and smart than I ever was, so such a victory must have been glorious. What? Why are you complimenting him? Anyway, I must be absolutely certain that the fan is safe. Where is it? Let's not worry about the fan now, dear. Have a drink. Come lie with me. Uh, your robe is open. Do you like what you see? I... <clears throat> Listen, dearest, uh, I won't be comfortable until I know your treasure is secure, just so that the great sage doesn't come back to pilfer it. Ugh, I see you're still obsessed with that Monkey King. Not so, my love. Surely you are more beautiful and enticing than ever before. Once my mind is put at ease, we will make love for days without ceasing. Very well, if it will help put your mind at ease. See this silver earring? This is my iron fan, shrunk in size and concealed as jewelry. How very clever. Excuse me? The Bull Demon King reached out to caress her ear, only to suddenly rip the earring free. Ow! Why did you... Wait, you're not my husband! The illusion fell, revealing Sun Wukong. The tiny iron fan rested in his palm. Sorry about that. Nothing personal. I just had to get this fan back. Now tell me how to change its size. Never. Well, fair enough. Gotta run! Sun Wukong turned on his heel and fled, leaving Rakshasi lying on the floor of her palace. He skipped across the mountain range, turning the iron fan over in his palm. This time, he was sure he had the right one. He sat down and set about figuring out how to return it to its normal size. Hmm, how's this? Nope. How about this? Aha! It turned out the trick was to stroke the left side of the fan gently. Sun Wukong cackled in delight and began to walk back towards the fire mountains. So delighted was he with his victory that he didn't even bother to hurry. He was almost at the fire mountains when a familiar figure loomed on the horizon. He blinked in surprise. He'd know this pig-faced character anywhere. It was his traveling companion, Chu Ba Chi, another of Tripitaka's disciples. 
crazy. What are you doing here? Master was worried for your safety, so he sent me to find you. You sound strange. I uh, ate something that didn't agree with me. Say, monkey, you wouldn't mind if I uh, carried that fan for you, would you? Chubachi volunteering to do manual labor? What a strange day this is. I'm just trying to be a better monk. If that's not good enough for you, then... No, no, have at it, Pigsy. Enjoy! Sun Wukong handed the fan over, and Chubachi's face split in a wide, sinister grin. Thank you, great sage. Suddenly, Chubachi changed. He grew in size and girth until he was the shape of a mighty warrior who towered over Sun Wukong. Upon his head was an iron helmet with two curved horns, and his eyebrows blazed like red lightning. It was the Bull Demon King. Tremble before me, Sun Wukong, for I have come to seek my revenge! Hey, long time no see! I was just talking to your wife! Lovely lady, by the way. Cease your prattling! <laughs> you never suspected that just as you were stalking me, I was stalking you! <laughs> Learning the shapes of your companions so that I may surprise you! I have dreamed of this moment every day for 500 years! Every day? Wow! Did you not think that I would come for you? To be honest, I kind of forgot your name before today. The Bull Demon King swung a cast iron rod at Sun Wukong, who jumped aside just in time as the blow demolished the mountainside behind him. Sun Wukong ducked and weaved, allowing the enraged demon to chase him across the sky. Mountains flew beneath him as they clashed over and over. Once again, Sun Wukong felt the heat growing and grinned, a plan forming in his mind. Leaping from peak to peak, he carefully placed himself between the Bull Demon King and the burning mountains. Hey, King Bull, over here! The Bull Demon King drew the fan from his belt and raised it. If you want this fan so badly, you will have it. Farewell, Sun Wukong! The Bull Demon King swung the fan with all his might. Sun Wukong, still strengthened by the Bodhisattva's elixir, stood firm, wind rushing past him. What is this thing broken? His opponent swung again and again, so frustrated that he did not notice the fires dim behind Sun Wukong. The first gust of wind reduced the mountains to glowing embers, the second extinguished the embers, and the third brought rain clouds. When the rain poured all around them, the Bull Demon King looked up in confusion. 
thank you ever so much, Bull Demon King. You've done my job for me. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to get back to my master. You will not get rid of me so easily! The king threw the fan aside and charged, iron rod held over his head. The two clashed back and forth across the flooding mountaintops, Sun Wukong desperately trying to break away. Sun Wukong looked up to see Rakshasi flying up out of the rain, swords drawn. In an instant, Sun Wukong was locked in battle with both Princess Iron Fan and the Bull Demon King, and he was tiring more rapidly than he expected. Treacherous ape! Deceitful fool! Wait, wait! Beating me isn't going to solve anything! Ow! Listen! We spent long enough listening to you! Your trickery has brought ruin upon us! Exactly! Ah! That's where you're both mistaken! You brought ruin upon yourselves! I'm just a bystander, really! You insolent- Listen, Bull Demon King! The Monkey King you want revenge on is no more! It has been 500 years since we fought together. Don't you think I may have changed in all that time? You're still a cruel and malicious creature. Ah, but everything I did today was in service of a greater cause. I fight not for myself, but for Buddhist ideals to bring enlightenment to China. Why should we care why you fight? Because I was wrong. I am working to atone for my actions, including how I abandoned my allies. Revenge against the great sage equal to heaven is what you want, not revenge against a humble monk. Why you? You! Actually, you make a good point. What? He said exactly the same thing I've been saying for years. Why did you listen to him and not me? Well... It sounds different coming from someone you've been wanting to kill for five centuries. You've got some nerve, Bull Demon King. I am sorry, Rakshasi. I've wasted so much time. Haven't we all? Vengeful obsession has made me a poor husband. But if Sun Wukong can change, then perhaps so can I. From now on, I mean to be a bull demon who is worthy of your love. You've got to do better than that. I need more than empty promises. As the demon couple argued, Sun Wukong began inching his way down the mountain. He was a little amazed that this speech had worked, but he was not going to question his good fortune. They could keep their palm leaf fan and their fragile marriage. All he wanted was to rejoin the journey to the West. Sun Wukong felt a swell of pride as he sailed back towards the village where his master and companions were waiting. He was not a failure as the strange voice in his head had been insisting. He was the Monkey King, worthy of his reputation. When he arrived, something struck him as odd. He expected there to be demons roaming between the buildings, thirsty for Tripitaka's blood. There was nothing, not even signs of a battle. It was as if their pursuers had simply vanished. 
he approached the village temple and raised a hand to knock, only to stop when he heard his own voice come from inside. And that's how I extinguished the flames and vanquished my old enemies. Truly a wondrous accomplishment, not a word of a lie. Sun Wukong cracked the door ever so slightly and peered in. Inside were his companions, Tripitaka, Chubachi, and Sha Wujin, and a monkey who looked exactly like himself, boasting proudly to the others. His heart sank in horror. It hadn't been a hallucination he heard on the mountain. It had been another demon learning his voice. We should be going. Who knows what sort of demons are on our trail now, eh, Tripitaka? Sun Wukong ducked behind a large rock as the party emerged from the temple. Tripitaka and his disciples set back out on the road with an imposter in their party. The real Sun Wukong watched helplessly until they had disappeared into the mountains. This just isn't fair. In previous episodes, we've spoken about the cultural and historical importance of Shioji, or Journey to the West. The story's been adapted and retold more than almost any work of fiction, not only in its native Chinese. It has also been adapted across cultures into beloved works of fiction in Japan, Korea, and America, among many, many others. Besides being one of the more popular vignettes, the story of Princess Iron Fan also helped shape the history of Chinese cinema. In the 1940s, these chapters of the book were adapted into what would become East Asia's first feature-length animated film. And it's not surprising to see why. The antics of Sun Wukong feels in many ways like a precursor to Bugs Bunny, a wily trickster who frustrates and outwits his opponents at every turn. Only in this retelling, at the end, Sun Wukong is the one who was outwitted. Will Tripitaka and the other monks realize they have a shapeshifter in their midst? Or will this demon in a monkey form go with them all the way to their journey's end? We'll answer these questions later this year. In the meantime, watch this feed for more stories about folklore's most famous tricksters and heroes. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next week for another epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Robert Teamstra, with writing assistance by Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Brian Kim McCormick, Drew Lawn, Kim Lin Tran, and Jen Wong. I'm Vanessa Richardson.
Werewolves, Witches, and Arthur Conan Doyle? Oh my! Sounds like fascinating topics to discuss on our new show, Rituals, Christine. You know what, Em? It sure does. Every Monday on Rituals, join us as we explore the evolution of spiritualism and the occult through stories, practices, and the impact on modern culture. If you've heard our podcast and that's why we drink, this is the perfect pairing for you. And if you haven't, go give us a try. Follow our Spotify original from Parcast, Rituals. Listen free only on Spotify. Spotify.